All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm chatting with Matteo, who has always been obsessed with performance, athletic performance, business performance, and now sleep performance. He was a competitive ski racer in Italy, played tennis and race cars on the European stage. He's always been focused on winning and on winning in record time. That drive to succeed propelled him from sports podiums to the top tier of the international legal world and to start two clean tech companies on two continents, all before the age of 30. Not surprisingly, sleepless nights were a way of life. It was Matteo's quest for more restorative sleep that led him to quit his previous life. I love that language, by the way, quit previous life and launch 8sleep, a New York-based company dedicated to fueling human potential through optimal sleep and to turning the bed into a seamless health platform for improved health, performance, and longevity. I am super excited to have you. I mean, you've got a really cool story, but I think just in sleep in general, I mean, I would argue there's really not much more in terms of being the you know the most important aspect of of life and health than sleep so welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me i'm excited to share more about the the importance of sleep yeah i mean it's 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 like one of those things when you know someone points something out and when we first connected um it, i feel like i see eight sleep everywhere at this point i mean either either that or it's the algorithms that are working that's magic and on the social media front but Man, um, it's a really interesting concept and platform. You guys are killing it, which is super exciting because we need to have more of these conversations and and provide better solutions, obviously, for sleep. So I'm excited to dive into that. But as all guests on the show get, before we get into any of your work and, and the titles and your story, I just want to know what's behind the human. You know, who are you or how do you define yourself as a, uh, lovely human on this planet as we speak right now yeah i'm 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 italian i was born and raised uh, in um, in italy um i have always been when i was a teenager an athlete and i come okay. from a, a a family that has always been into sport my my cousin recently was also on the italian uh, ski team um for for not the junior team um, and, uh, and my dad as well. So we have always mm. been really into sports. So I grew up doing ski races and then I really played tennis. And then my dad was, um, a gentleman driver. He was racing with cars. He was you know, two times Italian champion. And so I grew up in that environment as well. And so then I raced cars myself, um, for some time, um, and then the professional careers really started. I became a lawyer. I worked for two very large law firms until when I became an entrepreneur. Um, so I think entrepreneurs are the professional form of athletes, if you, mm. want, if you will, right? Yeah. And so I really found my dimension. Uh, I didn't become a professional athlete, but uh, I became a professional entrepreneur, which I think is the closest thing to that competitive environment where you know you it, it's really like being an athlete in particular in startup right you have you know uh, you can be defeated you have ups and downs uh, and you need to recover you need to be resourceful and you need to 
you know, keep pushing. Yeah. So you were really, I mean, your, your entire childhood and upbringing, essentially you were raised in a, an environment of you know, being at your best essentially, right. With, with competing and from, a, from an athletic standpoint, where did the, where did the interest in, I mean, not just sleep, I mean, you, you can share that story at this point, but I know even just in our intro call, we, you know, we had similar books uh, on our desk, Boundless by uh, Ben Greenfield. Like when did the, the, um, the interest in just human health and performance and just performing and, and being at your, your best from a health standpoint come into your life? Yeah, it's funny because I have like I had like three phases in my life. There was the zero to I don't know twenty four, uh, where I was obsessed with that because it was all about sport and and being yeah. an athlete. And then I had a period of time when I was a lawyer and my first two startups where I almost stopped doing anything sort of training or just working. And then at a certain point, I realized that if I really wanted to be at, you know, at my best and my peak professional performance, I really had to take care of my body. Um, and that is when I started looking into you know, training again, obviously sleep and also nutrition. And so now I'm really focused on each of these three pillars. Hmm. And I, th- I think one thing where maybe I'm different from others or Maybe there are many others that do the same, but I really think that taking care of my health is a key component of my professional performance. So if I want to do my job at my best, I need to train, I need to take care of what I eat, I need to sleep. So it's like part of my work, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because, I mean, I, I feel like we're starting, and y- you guys and everything you're, you're working on at Eight Sleep, obviously, is, is a huge factor to this, but we still have so much work to do to close that gap or that realization that if you're not healthy and you're not taking care of, you know, your nutrition, your sleep, your mental health, mental fitness, your physical fitness, like all of it, something's got to give, right? But on the athletic standpoint, it seems so obvious, right? It's like you're not going to eat like shit and um, not take care of your your body and your health and all of that and expect to, you know, win a race by a fraction of a second. Like, I, it's it's funny to me, like, how, how have we not realized this from a performance standpoint, or a, a professional performance standpoint? Have you, have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... There is a lack of education and there are still, I mean, some people that maybe, you know, they think the old way because in the eighties or in the nineties, if you were not sleeping or if you were sleeping four hours a night, you were just you not know, a cool, strong entrepreneur. <laughs> so but true. today being sleep deprived is like smoking because yeah. it means you are not taking care of yourself. Um, and I think it's, it's the same thing with exercise. And if you think, you, let's say you're a tennis player, right? And yeah, you're playing the U.S. Open, but to be able to play the U.S. Open, there is a lot of work behind the scene. And I think it's the same for a CEO or an entrepreneur or any professional, right? You need to put the work behind the scene. And part of that work is also taking care of your body and your mind. Otherwise, you cannot be laser focused at your peak performance. Yeah, totally. And so in your journey then... Because you had two, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you started a solar company in Italy 
and then I believe sold it and then came to New York and we're going to, you were going to replicate essentially that model or that company, right? Correct. Yeah. So how did, you know, how do you go from solar to beds and sleep <laughs> and sleep? Yeah. Like what, what happened there? Yes, I was, I mean, I was the typical entrepreneur working long hours, um, sleep deprived. At the time, I was not even taking care of my health as I should have. And um, I started wondering why Elon Musk is taking me to Mars and I still spend a third of my life on a piece of dumb phone. So I really mm -hmm. started getting into technology. I started developing our friends and connection in, in Silicon Valley more than in finance. And uh, as I was looking at technology with the eyes of, uh, of you know, someone almost new to the field, I also noticed that there was this big part of my life, a third of my life without any technology. And I say, this doesn't make any sense. There is technology everywhere in my life, but not in this big chunk, which is also really important for my recovery. And, um, and so that is how I came up with the idea together with my co-founder. And, and then we started Aidsleep. Was it, did, were you having any triggers just for people? Because I think, and myself included, frankly, I'm, I'm doing a bit of experimentation right now, actually, just with the effects of alcohol and, and sleep and, and just, just with one glass of wine at dinner, um, just seeing the effects of that, you know, when I wake up, for example. But I'm curious, do you, did you have any triggers or anything that was clearly obvious or signs that your sleep was way off or there was issues for anyone that may be listening that may not realize that their, their sleep uh, hygiene is not the greatest. Yeah. For me, there were a couple of different things and now I can connect the dots, but I couldn't at the time. The first one, I, I was not living in New York at the time. And sometimes I was seeing these stores called sleepies. And they were so shitty and so bad, like kind of, you know, the windows were dirty, something like that. And so yeah. I couldn't stand that this, you know, this company was a billion dollar business owning, owning the sleep of millions of people. And that was one. The second was that a certain point I started looking into how I could compress my sleep. So I wanted to sleep less to work more. And uh, I realized that there was no specific reason why we need eight hours of sleep. That is just what our inefficient body needs today to recover. And we just give it for granted, right? So 2000 years ago, people was living eight hours. Today we sleep eight hours. And, and, yeah. and so we just accept it. And so I started wondering, how is it possible that there is no technology that can really enhance your sleep performance? And we started looking into that and then I saw hyperbaric chambers or altitude tents used by athletes to recover faster. And I started reading about temperature. And, and so one little piece of the time, I realized that technology can improve your sleep performance. Just no one did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I want to definitely dive into that a little bit more because that's a, it's a bit of a, that's a dangerous place to be you know, if you start thinking of how can I compress my sleep, going back to what you and I were talking about, you know, the eighties as it was like a, a badge of honor, I, you know, I just want to make it clear that 
it's not about reducing, it's not necessarily about reducing the time. It's more so that you're sleeping better and more efficiently and you're, you're healthier, right? Like it's not just you want to cut, you know, the time down. You want to do it in, in a way that obviously works well. Can, can you explain a bit of the, the difference between that? Yeah, so there are a couple of different ways, meaning right now you, let's say you sleep eight hours, right? So that is the recommended time. But in reality, the amount of deep and REM sleep that you get, it's really somewhere between 35 and 50%, right? Okay. All the rest of the time is really light sleep that is not that valuable for your recovery. And so actually what we believe at eight sleep is that we can actually compress your sleep from eight hours to six hours and you will get the same amount of rest. So it's very different from the eighties, right? In the eighties yeah. or nineties, you were just saying, Oh, I just sleep less because I'm a tough totally. guy. <laughs> yeah. And you were just expecting your body to recover faster just for whatever reason, which is not true and cannot happen, right? If you don't do anything, because of how your body physiologically behaves, it will require somewhere between seven and nine hours because it needs those certain amount of times for deep sleep and, and, and REM. Okay. But the key here is through technology to compress light sleep, which is not valuable, and let you achieve those amounts of deep and REM faster during the night. So then you can wake up in six hours instead of eight, but you've got the same amount of deep and REM. You follow gotcha. me? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I, and thank you. I appreciate because I think that's an important distinction before people run off and just say, I listened to Behind the Human, Matteo said I just had to sleep six hours. <laughs> no, no. You, we need to develop an eight sleep is working on that, the technology that will allow you to do that. We are yeah. already doing it through temperature. And so we already see benefits like our customers, they fall asleep faster. And so they gain time there, they toss and turn less, they wake up less in the middle of the night. So there are already some time gains with the eight sleep technology. They're still small, right? We are talking about, I don't know, mm -hmm. somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes a night. But the goal is to take these to two hours. If you don't yeah. use our technology and until when our technology is fully developed, you should sleep as much as possible, meaning eight to nine hours. Yeah. Um, and I, which is what I do currently. Yeah. Well, and I think I feel with sleep though, and I mean, and again, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm drawing parallels to other mental fitness practices or wellness practices in general, but you, you know, like minutes count, you know, from, from what I can gather. I mean, even just for myself, if I do a, a 10 or 15 minute meditation in the middle of the day, you know, it feels like I've taken, you know, like a, an hour or two hour nap type thing. So I imagine if you're, if you're sleeping really well, the temperature is properly controlled, um, you know, your room and your environment is, is ideal. You know, every minute is, is almost exponential. Absolutely. Every minute counts, right? Uh, so if we can let you um, save any minute while still achieving the same rest, the same amount of deep sleep and the same amount of REM, um, first, you can gain time back that you can spend with your loved ones or doing the things that, that you like. But the key is without, no, you don't compromise your health. And actually, maybe in six hours or seven hours, you can get more rest than what you were getting before in, in your previous life. Yeah. 
We should probably jump back a bit because I, I actually never asked you about exactly what Eight Sleep is and, and the products you have just because I've been uh, really going down the rabbit hole. I've been super pumped uh, at what you guys are doing and 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 the mission and kind of where you're where you're heading. So I glazed over. Sorry for everyone listening. If you're a bit confused on what Eight Sleep is, why don't you give a bit of a, a summary of what you guys are up to? Yeah, let's start from, from, from the vision, right? We want to achieve two things in 10 years. We want to compress your sleep. So what if you could sleep only six hours and get more rest than when you were sleeping eight hours through technology? And second, we want to save your life. So as you are asleep, we want to scan your body and let you know if there is anything wrong with your health. Love it. These are the two things we are going to achieve. Um, currently, we develop a technology that is already improving your sleep and is already tracking your body. Um, it improves your sleep through dynamic thermoregulation. So we change the temperature of your bed as you sleep to maximize your sleep performance. So through temperature, we help you fall asleep faster, get more um, restful sleep, less wake-ups, less toss and turns, all that kind of things, and also wake up more refreshed. And dual climate control too, right? That is, that's key for, for anyone married or sleeping with someone else in the exactly. <laughs> in <a> bed. <laughs> so each side of the bed will have a different temperature and also yeah. different sensor. So if you share your bed with a partner, everyone will have a different temperature setting. What is important to say are two things. First, there is plenty of medical evidence that temperature can improve your sleep. So it's not us saying that. There is already mm -hmm. evidence if you buy the book, uh, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, there is a whole section about the importance of temperature and the impact that temperature has on sleep quality. Um, second is uh, through this, the, the, the key of temperature is your body temperature changes during the night. So when you hear or you read, oh, you should sleep at 68 degrees, that's bullshit. Right. Mm, 68 yeah. degrees could be right for this hour, but it will be wrong for the following hour and it was wrong for the previous hour. And the reason is you have what is called a circadian uh, cycle. So your body temperature changes during the day. Probably, you know, since when you were a kid that the temperature is different in the morning versus the night. Right. It keeps yeah. changing. And so what you need is a device that based on your biometrics and your sleep stages adjusts the temperature based on your circadian cycle. That is why we call it dynamic smart temperature. So te the temperature keeps changing during the night based on your biometrics and we do it for you through our technology. Wow. And that essentially, I'm assuming, keeps you in that deep sleep longer or, or gives you better quality of sleep? Exactly. Yeah. So then the type of input, it could it obviously changes from person to person, but across mm -hmm. the board, on average, we see people falling asleep faster. We can, we see them getting up to 30% less toss and turns, um, up to 30% less wake ups. And now we are running a bunch of clinical studies to prove that we can increase deep sleep and also REM. It's amazing. And what about, I mean, I feel like you have a, a company and product that is like a collaboration uh, machine if you want it to be, obviously, because, I mean, you could you could obviously partner with smart home technology across the board, right, and just create this this perfect environment for your, your most ideal sleep, like really transform your bedroom into 
you know, temperature, um, humidity, light, sound, like all of that, right? Like that, is, is that something of interest for you and the team? Yeah. So the idea is we started with temperature because it's the biggest factor impacting your yeah. lead quality. But the idea is to control the whole environment. Um, in the future, you will sleep in an environment that is software control that automatically adjusts in real time based on your sleep and biometrics in order to maximize your sleep performance. That is how we will be able to compress your sleep in a meaningful way. Hmm. Have you heard any, I mean, and you can provide your own personal examples or the team or, or any uh, customers, but what are some of the mo- most kind of transformative uh, like use cases or stories you've heard from just experiencing the product? Like how, how, how soon do people really start noticing this? I, and I realize this is obviously variable from person to person, but just to give, I, I'd love to just give some context or uh, a little bit of detail on, on what people can expect when prioritizing yeah. your, your sleep health. Yeah, a couple of funny stories is the, the biggest aha moment for our customers is the first time they travel because they get used to temperature very quickly. Because if you think it's something we already have, I don't know, in our cars or we already have a thermostat in our house, right? And so mm-hmm. we are used to regulate temperature. It's just weird that it never happened before to our beds. But it's, it's very natural. And so people get used to it very quickly and they love it. And then the first time they travel and they sleep on a damp bed without thermoregulation, that is when they really realize that they miss uh, our technology oh, yeah. and, and the pod. Um, in, in terms of benefits, I mean, some of the most, um, I think some of the evidence I like the most is when our customers, they use other products like Aura or Whoop, and they see in the stats of their Aura or Whoop that their deep sleep increased by, I don't know, even 20%, some of them. Sure, um, but there are plenty of examples on Twitter of people that they toss uh, their stats on Aura and Whoop uh, before and after the eight sleep technology, and you can see a major improvement in in the quality of their sleep metrics, and that makes me really proud because it's not even as saying that they improved uh, their their sleep yeah. metrics is another device, and so to me it's the final confirmation that what what we do is is working. Um, then another common story is really with a partner because around 50% of the couples, they fight around temperature. And, uh, and so we are saving a lot of couples. Uh, they don't have to fight anymore. And, uh, the, the, the each of them can sleep at the different temperature setting. <laughs> Relationship therapy as a brand extension for the company. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but you know, we laugh though. It's, it's, it's just like the age old you know, conversation or, or comment, like typically the male is running hotter in the bed and, and, and the female is always colder. And it's just, it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's like since the beginning of time, we've heard these conversations. So thank you to the team. Yeah. Um, Mate, I wanted to ask you just, you know, when, when just dialing back a bit, when you started the company or decided to co-found it with your, uh, with your partner, like there's a difference between w- you know, personally wanting to improve your sleep and, and realizing obviously that uh, your your sleep health wasn't the greatest to 
just jumping kind of two feet into this whole brand new technology and, and company. Like what, what about your past or some of those other adventures and, and business feats and, and sporting uh, activities and stuff like that prepared you to take on this challenge? Because I mean, it's a big one. Um, and it, like I said, it seems like you guys are everywhere. You, you've raised a significant amount of, of cash, like sometimes something like $65 million last time I, I checked. And, you know, it's, it's a super fast, seems like a super fast growing, uh, startup. So it's, you know, I, there's a lot, I'd imagine there's a lot of pressure there as well. So I, a two part question, I guess, what, what made you dive in and, and take on that challenge? Um, kind of without hesitation, I guess, and and B, like you, you know, what do you do to other than sleep? What do you do to manage the the pressure of a fast paced and a fast growing organization? Yeah. So uh, to answer the first question, I think we were naive enough to not understand <laughs> how complicated it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> if I if we knew at the time. Probably we, we wouldn't have started it. Sleep, we, sure. we, we were just naive. We didn't know. In particular, hardware. Hardware is really complicated, right? There are a lot yeah. of impacts from cash flow to the time it takes to develop to, I mean, a lot of implications across the board that make an hardware company much more risky and complicated than, than a, a pure software company. Um, so that 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 is on why we started sure. all these. How do I keep up? I don't know. I mean, when, when I was a kid, so I had this accident when I think I was around 12. I was training with my skis and I had a big accident, went to the hospital, almost got into coma. And, and there was this guy who was a doctor, who was a doctor for your brain um, that not took care of me. And so since then, I always wanted to become a, a doctor like him. And I, mm -hmm. I wanted to have, to be able to save lives at the time. I wanted the pressure, like, you no, know, if I was a surgeon that has to you know, do a surgery to you to save your life. So I, I don't know the way my brain is wired. I like pressure because it makes me feel I'm, I'm spending my time in a valuable way. Sure. Um, the way then I kick pop is really, again, I sleep a lot, um, nine hours on average right now. Um, I exercise almost every day, sometimes or even, uh, not during the weekend, twice a day. Um, I play a lot of different sports and then I'm on a keto diet. So I really try to take care of my nutrition. Um, the reason why I like keto is, uh, um, it keeps me stable in terms of performance during the day. Um, I don't have a drop of energy in the early afternoon. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really try to optimize everything in my life to be a peak performance um, in yeah. order to then be my best at eight sleep. Do you do any type of, um, you know, very specific mental fitness, like journaling, meditation, visualization, like affirmations, any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I just started doing, so I, I did a bunch of um, headspace in the past, but now I started doing more the Naval approach. And so Naval says, when you wake up in the morning, you should spend an hour just getting bored, sitting there and letting your mind race. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, uh, 
that that is what I do. I just try to spend some time during the day doing nothing and letting my mind run. Love um, it. And the, what I like compared to Headspace is in Headspace, you know, there is this guided meditation you have to do A, B, and C. Well, instead, what I like of this approach is you just let your mind go wherever it wants. And if you, because you are not in taking new information, you use this time to process previous information that for me, most of the times is work because that, that's what I do. Yeah, sure. When I, yeah. But it's, it's so interesting because, uh, you know, and I hear this over and over again and, and personally I've experienced this as, as well, but it's, it's so easy to not prioritize time to, to think or just let our mind work its magic. I mean, we've got this incredible thing sitting on the top of our shoulders that can process, you know, thousands of decisions, a, you know, a second and, and make links that we can't even fathom. Um, but we, we don't let it do that because we, we jam it full of content or even with, to your point, I'm glad you brought up uh, headspace, um, which, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of those apps and what they're doing, but I, I also agree and also have seen a lot of people just treat any, t like a meditation practice like that as I need to check that box, which kind of defeats the purpose of the meditation practice. Right. So, you know, something like what you're doing. Um, kind of just an hour of, of silence or just let your mind run. Uh, I, personally, I'd, I'd love to try, try that. I've been doing a lot more walking on my side, just trying to take 15 or 30 minute walks, uh, no podcast, no music, and just be really present with, um, with the walk and the surroundings and nature or whatever it is. And it, it's always amazing, right? You come, you come out of those scenarios and it's like, you've, you've solved 15 problems. <laughs> yeah. The the interesting thing, so I I like the walks and or running too. Um, yeah, running's good too. What I notice is if you sit and stay still, there is a part of pain that is that kind of you know your your mind at the beginning is racing and wants to do something. You no, know, it wants to look at the phone or wants to talk or wants to walk. So that forcing function of doing absolutely nothing for a, an extended period of time for 30 minutes to an hour is painful, but is extremely effective because it's like, it's like opening the gate to your mind. The mind goes crazy for 10 minutes and then 15, yeah. but then at a certain point it starts slowing down because you're really doing nothing. And so, um, yeah, doing these, that these holidays, what I tried to do it was to intake substantially no information. So I didn't read for a week. I, I'm usually I read a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I try to keep work at the minimum, just you now moving things forward between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and I didn't take any information and I tried to get as bored as possible to let my mind rest. And I think it has been one of the most successful, I would say, holidays I ever had. Uh, for my for my brain and my mind that's amazing i i before i move on because i think this is this is such a a great practice for people to try and, and myself included i can't wait to just do that because yeah i i guess i, I kind of misunderstood that one and and 
when you said, you know, do nothing for an hour, I was just visualizing essentially like walking around or there was always a walk element to it. Yeah. So I'm glad you, I hope I'm glad so. You, yeah. yeah. I, and I asked Naval and he said, no, you can go and you can walk, you can go running. Fine. That's great too. But you need to spend an hour doing nothing, being bored and letting your mind go crazy until when it gets tired and, it, and you can control it again. Yeah. So do you, after that, that hour or 30 minutes, do you, do you just jump into the day or is there, you know, some sort of formal or informal kind of journaling practice to, you know, capture those thoughts or ideas? Like, I just love to know a little bit practically how your, uh, what your setup is. Yeah. So what I wake, I do, I wake up at 630 yeah. and, and I just sit on this chair uh, looking at the, I, I can see a bit of sunrise from the window. And so I, I, I'm just there drinking my tea and I just let my mind go crazy. And, um, and then I do it if I can also in the, in the evening. Okay. Right. Uh, if I can take, I don't know, a hot bath or a sauna, something like that. And I go there and I do absolutely nothing. And it's really painful because you want to do, in particular, in the evening. You know, after all this day that was super hectic, you were always there, active, doing stuff. Slowing down your mind, it's 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 like a torture. <laughs> but yeah, it <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but that's a great. I mean, I, I you know, speaking of a wind down or sleep, you know, pre sleep routine. What a great practice to yeah. stack on top of you know winding down the day and getting ready for a good quality sleep. Yeah, because it, then it slows you down, right? It gives you perspective and mm -hmm. it gives you focus. Instead of just yeah. being there into you know, this, this, this crazy racing, it, it's something like if you step back, you breathe, and you, start, you know your mind digests it and processes the information of the day. Yeah. And, and you just have clarity. I love it. I mean, I, I often suggest this to the clients that I work with is usually there's a journaling element to it to just yep. kind of free write. And again, same kind of principle is just to empty out the mind. So you go to sleep with, you know, without these racing thoughts, but I'm going to add this uh, pure stillness element in the mix. I am legit excited. I'm going to try this later today. <laughs> yeah, 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 try it. And, and the key for me was not to really do the first week. That is when I started seeing the benefits um, okay. and, and it's painful, but that pain is the, the, the proof that is working. Yeah. Well, and the proof that I think that there's a bit of a, of an issue, I like, so I haven't done this one, but I mean, even when I started prioritizing, you know, walks you know, on top of regular exercise and whatnot, but just going for a walk to go for a walk and not listen to a podcast, it felt bizarre. It felt like, wait, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to waste 20 or 30, like that was the mentality waste, which is, is already using negative language in there, but 20 or 30 minutes going on a, a walk when I can be learning something in an audio book or a podcast while also moving my body. But it's just such a, like, it's just such an archaic way of thinking or programming. Um, that, you know, I, I don't blame us we're, we're we're surrounded by this, but I think, you know, for me, the theme always, or at least in the last few years is like, whatever we can do to get off of the default mode or autopilot, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to be miles ahead uh, in terms of our health, our performance, our longevity, all of it. 
The way I, I hack my brain to convince myself to do this, because I had your same problem, right? Um, I, I always want to raise my bar. And so I always want to yeah. do more. And so I started thinking, oh, but I'm wasting time. I could be reading. I could be listening to a podcast. And so the way I hack my brain is to say, I don't want to intake more information. I want to process better the information I already absorbed during the day. Yes. And so I need to give this time to my brain to really you know, put everything in the right position into my mental library. So I'm not wasting time. I'm, I'm reorganizing my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So true. And I just reduce noise from additional information that right now my mental uh, CPU wouldn't be able to process. Yeah, you're, you're totally you're reducing noise, clearing out all the clutter, essentially. I mean, the, the answers are there. The clear thinking's there. You can see the path forward. Um, it makes sense. It's just so damn hard to do. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. No, thank, thanks for entertaining that uh, question for so long because I think it's just so important. Um, I definitely want to ask uh, a little bit just about the, the journey to come with your work and what you're excited about. Like what, wh- where do you see sleep going, you know, in the, in the next five or 10 years? Or wh- where would you like to bring sleep and sleep? You call it sleep fitness, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. We, because we think of sleep like fitness and that's why we call it sleep fitness. Yeah. Again, similar to what we were just saying for the mind. Sleep is not a waste of time, which is what people were saying in the 80s and 90s, right? It's like going mm-hmm. to the gym, right? You are going to the sleep gym, you're doing sleep fitness, and so you're giving time to your body to fully recover, to do a lot of internal activities, physiological activities that are needed for your longevity, for your health, and for your productivity. And so uh, being sleep deprived is like not going to the gym. Yeah. or just eating junk food, which then there are also now there is a lot of medical evidence of the correlation between sleep deprivation and eating junk food or lack of energy and all that. But I'm saying you really need to, to shift how you look at sleep. It's not a waste of time. It's a moment for your body to adjust itself and digest the information for your brain or to process some cellular activities for your physical body that are needed. Um, the future of sleep is super interesting because if you really think uh, nothing changed for the past 2,000, 4,000 years, right? You could just, uh, if you go on Google and you write the bed in the Middle Ages, uh, you would see that it looks exactly like the beds that we use today. So, uh, wow. Even memory foam that is not this uh, you know, most innovative invention was invented in 1960. So we are living on something that was invented in 1960 and we call that innovation. Yeah. And the bed itself has been the same probably since 600 after Christ. Um, it's so, so crazy. It's, it's just a joke. And that is the yeah. third of your life, right? So if you live 90 years or 100 years, you spend 33 years of your life on a, piece, on a piece of junk foam that has been the same for the past two, 300 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it really doesn't make sense. So what will happen is technology will become a key part of our sleep and sleep will be compressed through technology, but at the same time, the time, the time we spend asleep will be used by technology to scan our bodies. 
And so sleep will really become a key pillar of health, not just in the health of your own body, but in terms of health devices. Uh, yeah. And the reason is, is a long period, uh, long period of time, right? Because it's six hours at least. Uh, it happens every single day and you are still, you are not moving. So it's a perfect moment to really scan your body every single day uh, and letting you know if there is anything wrong with your health. Love it. Is there any, I mean, I'm th- again thinking of these collaborations and, you know, like Harpreet over at Aura Ring and, and the rest of the crew, like a whoop. And I mean, there's so many, obviously, but I feel like if everyone got together and formed some sort of, you know, I don't know, foundation or con- consortium of some sort that, uh, you know, for people that are willing to give up that that data, I mean, man, we, we, we would have such valuable science there and information, right, to to go back to your point and your your main kind of personal mission you know potentially save lives yeah i mean there is i mean such a big opportunity right right now as human beings we still don't know anything about what's going on in your body and we don't know anything about what's going on in your body in real time and so all that is going to change in the next 10 years and we will finally start having control of our organs of our no cellular processes and all that is happening inside uh, um, our bodies. That That is so exciting to me because th- without that data, we really don't know how to innovate in terms of longevity. But once we have this information, we can really extend our lives. It's amazing. Just to slowly start to wrap up, I, I'd love to, I'd love to just ask you, you know, over the last last years of starting the company and I mean you can go as far back as you'd like but just like what are some things that have just completely surprised you about this space and that you're kind of shocked or proud or grateful to be innovating and and, and changing this I think the 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 thing that keeps surprising me the most is the more I understand about health and our bodies and and sleep the more I understand how big is the opportunity. So every day I understand that the opportunity is bigger than what I was expecting. And there is much more that can be done through technology. And so that keeps me going and keeps me, it it keeps giving me more and more energy, right? Even now Mm -hmm. with all that is happening with COVID, our technology in the future will be able to see if you have any problem with your respiration or we will be able to see if you have sleep apnea or maybe we will be able to detect early signs of cancer. Um, so things like that are, no, I, I have these regret minimization framework that I use, right? So I fast forward myself when I'm 90, 100 years old, I look back and I say, did I use my time in, in, in the world in, a, in an efficient way? And I think this gives me, what we are doing gives me a lot of energy because there is nothing better than helping someone else. Um, Love that. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great prompt. Yeah. Well, I was going to jump into your prompts. I mean, that is a great one. Did I use my time in this world in a, what'd you say in an an efficient way? In an, what did you say? You left a prompt. I was going to, that was going to be actually my next question to see if there are any um, reflective questions, either that you journal on or just, you know, think about that come up frequently or help you make decisions. Um, but you described this, uh, w- w- which I would call a future setting exercise, at least with, with people I work with. But yeah. when you 
project forward, right? right? Yeah, there is, yeah. is a, a Jeff Bezos framework that is called the regret minimization framework. Okay. And so you don't want to have, no, you fast forward yourself to when you're 100 years old and you don't want to have regrets about how you spent your life. And, um, and I don't want to have regrets, right? I was, I was, I mean, lucky and now that I was first in clean tech, which I think has a great purpose, but I think improving uh, the health of human beings and saving lives could, could be even more impactful. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really proud of how I'm spending my time and giving it all to really solve some of these challenges. Do you have any other reflective questions that, that you ask yourself on a regular basis or when you jump into new opportunities or take risks or anything like that, just to help process, uh, you know, what you have in front of you? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with mental frameworks in general. Um, I definitely ask myself if, if for everything I do, if this gives me energy or takes energy away from me, um, I ask myself, is this something I'm excited to do? I ask myself, is something I'm good at, right? I'm not good at everything. That's why there are other mm-hmm. executives in the companies and some of them, they're better than me in certain things. And so then I delegate those things to them. And I also ask my executives uh, on a regular basis you now where, where I know where I can deliver at an X or more than where I can, where did I deliver? I don't know, over the past quarter or year uh, at an X in the company. And so I try to collect as much data points about myself as possible. So then I, I create almost this persona of what are yeah. my strengths and, um, and weaknesses and things that give me energy and things that take energy away from me. And so then I can keep adjusting and improving myself. That's a big one. I mean, the, the energy piece, um, I, I, I lifted this one from Tim Ferriss recently, just coming into the new year, but just doing a quick calendar scan week by week and, and seeing yeah. the meetings and the activities and yeah. pretty much that exact question, right? Like I do that. I also use colors for my calendar. Okay. So I give a color to every, everything. So you're a red for me. So when I interact w- with new people. Is that a good uh, thing or a bad thing? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, it's just like, I don't know, when I work on operations for the company is blue, when I do product is green, gotcha. when I do growth and, and people is red. And then there are okay. three different reds and there is red, one red for podcast. There is one red for uh, instead a new professional or personal contact. But so I have all these colors and I'm able to, at the end of each week, I, I see how much time I spent in product, how much time I spent with investors, how much time I spent with new people or interviews, things okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's a really quick and easy way to do a scan. So do you, what's that? I mean, I'm a huge, huge proponent or fan and I'd say ambassador of the weekly review. Um, for me, I do it mid-afternoon on a Friday and I asked three questions. Um, what did I learn this week? What could I have done better this week? And what can I celebrate this week? And it's personally over the last few years just really changed my life, just just having that perspective and that data and, uh, and that reflective time. What's, um, what, what's your weekly review look like? Obviously, you've got a really well set up calendar to do this. Yeah, I receive an automatic survey on Sunday. 
with uh, a <laughs> couple of <laughs> questions and I rate everything. Okay. But then uh, there is an automatic system that creates a chart about you no know, energy level, sleep quality, exercise, quality of food, uh, how I feel, how motivated I am. And so then hold I can, on, where's, where's the survey coming from? This is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I use, uh, I use Typeform connected to my Slack. Okay. And so there is an automatic Slack that I received with the survey. The survey is hosted on uh, Typeform. And yep. so I answer to the survey and there are just you now from one to 10. Okay. How was your energy this week? One to 10. How well did you eat this week from one to 10? Things, how much did you exercise? Things like that. And so it's like any regular survey where then Typeform just shows you the graphs. I love it. Well, man, I, I'm, I, I feel like I've got two or three practices to include and adjust on my, on my weekly setup at this point. So I'm sending a huge personal thank you. I've used yeah. Typeform like a million times for probably uh, a million different ways, but I never thought of surveying myself. I love that. <laughs> yeah, 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 survey yourself. You will love it. Because yeah, it's, it's and way more valuable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, last question for you, man. What, you know, all said and done, what, what makes you smile each day? What makes me smile? Yeah. Um, I mean, the future, right? I'm, I'm excited. We, we all come from a very tough year, 2020, yeah. uh, for what happened with COVID. So um, I know what I learned as an entrepreneur, you have tough moments and then you have bright moments. And so we had a tough year. Hopefully we'll get a, a bright year. Love it. I mean, I'm smiling right now, just, just having this conversation, you know, if I, uh, I know, you know, if I rate this right now for myself, I know when I'll, I'll look back in the year that this, this conversation definitely gave me energy versus taking away. So that I thank you for, and, you know, a higher thank you, I think from everyone listening and all of your customers and your, and the customers to be that you're spending so much time on yourself um, making sure that you're at the top of your game and make sure your team's at the top of their game and, you know, doing these self surveys, because at the end of the day, we're all benefiting and people are, people are going to live longer. We're going to live healthier because of that. So thank you for devoting your life and your work to that mission. You're welcome. Thank you for having me and uh, letting me share more about, uh, basically. 